Tupac Shakur opening up the show for us, uh, giving us Dear Mama. Uh, it's 11 minutes after 10. Welcome to it. It is the Late Night Conversations. My name is Patricia Nongulevontuli, and we are together for the next two hours. Uh, the team is spiced up. Um, we've got a new technical producer. I never worked with him before, but I'm sure it's going to be a great ride. Mark, lovely having you on the team. Uh, I'm sure Ben is going to make you feel right at home here. Um, and hopefully this won't be the first and the last time we're going to keep working together. Uh, Brad Benzito is, of course, there. You heard the music, right? DJ man of the show. Yeah, that's the sort of sounds that he chooses for us. Um, Benzito Ricotta is not only the DJ man of the show, he's also the content producer, the boss man of the show. This man just, you know, he's just something else. It's just something else. Greg Coase in the newsroom. He'll be back again at 11 for the final news bulletin. So the reason why we opened up with this song is because we are remembering Tupac Shakur. Mm? And I'm hoping that Brad Benzis is going to play another song. Mm. He's saying no, no. Ah, please, please, Brad Benz. Even the A-teamers are, are vibing with me. They're saying, this is Pat, great show already. Great vibes. This is Moon. So you better play another song. So uh, we're remembering him today being the 13th of September, the American rapper, songwriter, and actor. Um, you know, he... He did great things in the music industry, and uh, as usual, what we do here in uh, on our show, we remember those who who edged a very indemnable mark on the 13th of September 1996, when he was only 25 years old, loved by many, loathed by many. Uh, Tupac Shakur was assassinated. Science, technology, and environment conversations. Well, our first uh, conversation is with uh, Dr. Elizabeth LaRue, who is currently assistant professor at the University of Arnhurst in Denmark and a research fellow at the University of Pretoria in South Africa. We are talking top scientific JWO research, um, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, get to know what the grant amount has been used for, because clearly it's a research that has uh, beckoned for a lot to be done. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. LaRue, for joining us. Good evening. Good evening. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me. So let's talk about uh, the JWO grant uh, that has been given um, for the research and what research have you embarked on? Um, well, so the research that, um, that I particularly suggested for the Jennifer Ward Upnama research grant, um, in that I hope to look at how um, functioning arrangements um, may contribute to the creation of um, connectivity between different protected natural areas. So it's arrangement as in where cattle movement um, and pictorialist movement create this connectivity, moving, moving animals and moving genes and moving um, and, and creating space for this movement in between um, sites that are formally protected. Um, so I want to look at the extent to which these pictorialists and their cattle can maintain a sort of a semi-natural habitat for other species um, and how they can kind of provide this stepping stone habitat for species to disturb, uh, disperse between more, um, perhaps more pristine protected areas, um, but also where, where the physical movement of the pictorialists and the cattle can provide a kind of corridor um, by carrying seeds and nutrients from one protected site to the next. Mm -hmm. um, so... But if I, if I can be more precise, perhaps um, I have three components. 
of connectivity that I'd like to incorporate in this project. Um, and this is the way in which these intact arrangements can, can firstly promote the flow of, of genetic material. Um, secondly, the way in which the, the, the nutrient environment is maintained to support species movement, and specifically of those species such as plants that need to grow within these arrangement sites to be able to move in a stepwise fashion between uh, protected areas. And then um, thirdly, the, the, the way in which the, uh, the smaller scale, uh, more physical structure of the environment is maintained. Um, so it creates kind of microhabitats that can facilitate this, this movement of species or support the movement of species. So now, in terms of the JWO grant, it, it's one of its purposes is to encourage practical action to implement innovative solutions, right, at a local and regional and national scale um, for the benefit of African communities. Tell us which everyday problems have you identified uh, when, um, you know, the idea of your research came about? Um, well, the first thing I would say is that the it's very clear, I think, currently, maybe also it's been clear for a long time, but it's more and more getting more and more clear and um, that there's a lot of pressure on pictorialist communities. Um, and these people are needing to compete a lot with growing populations, um, but also with other land use demands like tourism. So, so the space is becoming more and more cramped. And on top of that, there's also less and less potential for pastoralists to move their cattle. Um, so normally they, they would have traditionally followed seasonal changes in resources. And um, now with all of these pressures and the more uh, pressures on, on less mobility, uh, the pastoralists are, are becoming pushed to be more sedentary and maybe to try and fence off a parcel of land that they can have some exclusive use to or maybe to find some other way of supplementing their income usually agriculture. So so all of these changes in the in the lifestyle of the pastoralist people are are eroding this connectivity potential in rangeland. And and of course there's many land demands in between these protected areas that can be a lot more damaging to this connectivity and rangelands that can provide kind of this semi natural habitat um would be a huge loss to conservation in my opinion. Um I think the other problem that I see that links into this is that um, we need to uh, ensure long-term continuation of the areas that we are currently spending a lot of money and effort on protecting. Um, so particularly for, for small reserves, it's not enough to just declare an area as protected and then just keep out of it and let species live their lives. Um, there's a lot of ecological processes that need to happen, such as dispersal and recolonization of species that may not happen within the small and isolated reserves if there's not some kind of connectivity. So this means that we, we could be saving all of these patches of nature now, but we're not necessarily making sure that it is still there in 100 years from now. And so we also need to think about what does the space in between these protected areas look like and how, how can we try and facilitate this connectivity and ensure this continuation um, how do we how do we design the space so that the protected landscapes support production landscapes and that production landscapes support protected landscapes? Um, and that is what I I think could help ensure this long term continu uh, continuity. So 
So in both the, the, this worrying future of arrangements, but also the need to maintain this connectivity, ensure long-term um, integrity of our protected space. These are the problems that I, I hope to address with this project. Now, what would it mean uh, to you if you, um, through your research, were to win the JWO grant? Um, well, <laughs> I think uh, winning a grant would fund a project that I feel very, very, very passionate about. Of course, I'm, I'm interested in all the aspects of my research, but, but. Um, not all my projects have such a direct conservation benefit, and I would really love to have the opportunity to, to really contribute something that I think would make a, a, a tangible difference to, to biodiversity conservation. Um, but I think also the fact that I'm now permanently um, based at a Danish university and I'm still trying to keep my, my African research going, I think this grant will really allow me to um, to build up the network with other African researchers and keep that connection strong. Um, so, and, and this network I can develop and expand over the future and, and within which we, we can design all these future projects and further collaborations. So, so I think that would, that would mean a lot to me. I've got an A-teamer on the line who'd like to join in on the conversation. Aisha, good evening. Good evening, Patch. Um, she is not concerned about the grant. She's got bigger plans. Uh, good evening to your guest. What is her name? Hi. Dr. Elizabeth. Our guest is Dr. Elizabeth LaRue. Aisha, what would you like to say? I have a couple of things. Let's go. Uh, Dr. Dr. LaRue. Am I understanding you correctly? You're going to move the animals with the plants to, to create the habitat in the other parks in, in Africa. That is one. Two. Um, two. Not quite. Um, Aisha, so allow Dr. LaRue to respond. Go ahead, Dr. LaRue. So, so it's not really physically moving the animals themselves. There's a lot of isolated protected areas that are, um, the, the space itself is protected and it's not necessarily fenced. And then the areas in between that is not protected are being used as rangelands. And, and those rangelands are um, their future is precarious. And, and but, but what the project is about is to look at whether if the rangelands remain intact and it remains this functional, semi-natural environment, then animals and plants will move on their own. So, so it creates the habitat and the space for this natural movement to occur. So it's not really a question of um, you know, picking up animals from one side and, and physically moving them to another. Oh, okay. Now, now then my next question to you is, what are you going to do about the communities that are that are living in those spaces or close to those spaces? What is what? your so so a, a, a big part of the project would be to um, to showcase to illustrate uh, the benefit of 
having those communities there. So having these pastoralist communities with their cattle and allowing them to continue with the traditional movement practices and facilitating this, and the project is about illustrating what the benefits of that would be for the conservation. Yes, so man. Now you're talking. Conservation yes. can benefit from those. And if, yes. if, if conservation is thinking, can benefit from those communities and well-functioning space in those communities, then then the communities would also be able to, to benefit from the from the protected areas more. And it's more of a synergy and a and a, and a supportive role between production landscapes and protected landscapes, and rather than a separation. Exactly. Now you got it. Okay, thank you. Thank you for calling in, Aisha. Um, thank you. Uh, Dr. Lerou, uh, in, in terms of the people who, I know Aisha said you're not that interested in the grant, you've got a bigger work to do, but this grant will go a long way uh, for your research and your yes, project. Definitely. And I'm sure there's a lot of other people who are listening right now and are saying um, uh, this grant can help us in preserving the environment. How? Uh, what advice would you give uh, to those who are considering to apply for the JWO grant? Um, I think, I think I would say, um, think big in terms of what are the, what are truly the most, most pressing challenges in, in Africa and in African conservation. Um, I think we need, we need to be bold in our ideas, um, but of course, realistic in whether you can address them within the time frame that you're proposing and with the resources that's available. Um, and perhaps to, to to be particularly inclusive and and collaborative, um, shared expertise, of course, achieve a lot more than what we can achieve on our own. And um, we have a lot of expertise in Africa and a lot of potential to really contribute towards solving global challenges. Um, and I think Africa's research should play more of a central role in these efforts. Um, and and. I think to do that, we have to work together. Most definitely, we do need to work together. Good luck um, uh, for uh, this uh, JWO grant and the project. We're looking forward to hearing more from you. Thank you very much, and I appreciate the time. That was Dr. Elizabeth LaRue, who is uh, currently Assistant Professor at the University of Aras in Denmark. And she's speaking to us from Denmark, uh, hence the time delay a bit there as we were communicating. She's also a research fellow at the University of Pretoria.